Welcome to episode five in our Let's Talk About Sex series. Today we're discussing the topic of birth trauma and sex. So this is going to be a really important topic for women to listen to if it feels important and necessary for you. Enjoy. Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for Welcome back to episode five, which is our final episode in this Let's Talk About Sex series. Now, today we are talking with Nisha Gill all about birth trauma and sex. Now, I think it goes without saying, given the title of this podcast, please use your own discernment and judgment. Before listening to this podcast, we're obviously talking about trauma. So I don't think you would have clicked on this episode if you didn't want to listen to it. But when you feel ready to listen to it, make sure you listen to it when you don't feel ready to listen to it. If it feels too raw or too triggering for you right now, that's totally cool. Just shove it to the side. You listen to it when you feel ready to. So I think that goes without saying, but I just wanted to mention that anyway. Now, remember uh, Nisha Gill, she's been on the podcast for the last two episodes. If you haven't already checked them out, do go and check them out. She talks about women and pleasure. She talks about navigating sex after birth, such great episodes. And in the first two episodes, I go solo and tell you all about how women's health physios can help you. So we talk about changes in the body that you can expect that may affect your sex life we talk about all of the strategies I walk women through to help manage painful sex and navigate painful sex super practical tips and tools so if that interests you that's in episode two go check that out but today we're talking all about birth trauma and sex and it's a really important topic so just a reminder Nisha is our holistic trauma and perinatal practitioner and she's joined us for the final three episodes in this podcast series and she really specializes in supporting women to experience their potency through the profound intelligence of their bodies so much of her work is with women with birth trauma and helping them to settle back into their bodies and helping them to debrief their births helping them to navigate their births and really feel the emotions they have around their birth and I think I couldn't think of a more perfect person to talk about this topic with I think she is so highly intelligent and really really helpful at navigating what birth trauma is and what I want to pull out from this podcast series just as a little you know introduction to it is the way she defines birth trauma and I think this is going to help a lot of women but I quote her, she says, it's not what it looks like on the outside, but what it feels like on the inside. And that blew my mind because so many of us downplay our birth experiences. We know, by the way, that one in three women report birth trauma and that's just what's reported, which is mind-blowingly not good that that many people are experiencing birth trauma. But so many people downplay what they think birth trauma is because if they haven't had what we call a capital T trauma, you know, like something really significantly bad happened to them, they think, oh, you know what? I'm healthy. My baby's healthy. I, I can't complain. I couldn't possibly have had birth trauma, like how indulgent that must feel. But it's not at all what it is on the outside. It's how you feel on the inside. And I think that's really validating for a lot of women to understand that it does not matter what happened to you. It's about how you feel about it. So... Nisha talks in this episode about the importance of being and feeling safe, seen and soothed and that if you don't feel safe, seen or soothed, that can equal trauma for a lot of women. So trauma does not look the same for every person and a lot of women may not even know they've had trauma but they might just be feeling weird 
you know, symptoms of phased out or brain foggy or even hyper alert and anxious. And it's because something has happened to you that you now cannot integrate properly in your body. So it's about something's happened and you haven't been able to process the emotions around that. That is birth trauma. Well, that is trauma full stop, but that is birth trauma when it's happened to you about your birth. So I'm not going to talk anymore because Nisha is so much better at this, but I just wanted to give you a little lead up. In case you thought this episode wasn't for you, I actually think this episode applies to more people than you probably realize. Again, if we know that one in three report birth trauma, we know that so many more are actually probably experiencing it. So I think this is a good episode for those women that go, oh, actually, I feel a little bit off after birth. I feel like something's not quite right. Maybe you haven't integrated something properly. I think this episode would be really, really helpful for you. So um, definitely check it out. I'd love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura to know what your experience of navigating birth trauma after birth was what helped you and especially how you navigated that with sex and that's going to be something Nisha obviously touches on today so enjoy this episode ladies and again if you want to access that bonus audio track from Nisha go and join my online membership program the pregnancy posse thepregnancyposse.com you can find out all the info but let's jump right in today is a really important topic and I know you're going to love it enjoy Nisha I want to talk to you because this is a real specialty area of yours and I think you um, you have a real passion, obviously, for working in this area and a real um, ability to make women feel comfortable and safe. And we want to talk about birth trauma because we know that you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the stats at the moment are one in three women yeah. will experience birth trauma of some sort. So I know a lot of women may listen to this first of all and go, oh, it doesn't apply to me. I didn't have any birth trauma, but I'd actually really love to hear from you what your definition of birth trauma is because I understand it's such a big spectrum and it's not just the big classical things that we might think is birth trauma. So some women may think they didn't have any birth trauma, but when they really sit with it, it may actually be a different story. So I'd love for you to unpack what you think birth trauma is and how you define it. Mm, it's a huge, huge topic. How, how long have we got? <laughs> So, you know, there's a more neurobiological definition of trauma is when something's happened that's too much for us to cope with. That coping bandwidth doesn't allow us to deal with it in the moment. It comes too suddenly at us and everything's happening too fast for us to integrate. Now, that's one definition. And so what happens is the threat detector in our brain kind of keeps going beep 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 not settling gives us the illusion that that threat is continuing in present time and so we continue to brace we continue to be on hyper alert or completely numbed out in the freeze response and kind of dissociated from our bodies not quite there brain foggy um, which can also be sleep deprivation of course but that's one way of looking at it so there's that sense of incompleteness in the system and how to help the nervous system recalibrate, reset. That's um, one piece. Um, th there's also this idea that it doesn't have to be the extreme end where there's a whole lot of drama and, you know, pain and things going wrong in birth, you know, wrong <laughs> in inverted commas. It may just be a sense of something not having settled from the birthing experience, like something being out of kilter, like, you know, when you actually needed your partner or your midwife, your doula, or some, somebody right there giving you some kind of emotional support and they just weren't, they weren't there to 
see you and help you feel the the words um a safe seen and soothed so actually feeling safe uh, and then lots of ways to create safety and in, in a birthing space um see feel seen so if you're feeling like you're really struggling hitting that crisis of confidence um that they really get that and they're there right with you or attempt to help you feel soothed if some of that is missing then there's that sense of I wasn't really met on a deeper level in this huge huge experience that I was having and once again that lingering sense can remain and it doesn't have to be um, that big T trauma where it's very visible but it's just that kind of cumulative pattern of a few of these things put together just to make you feel that lack of settling after an experience and let's face it every birth is big no matter no matter how blissful it might look from the outside um, you can have a home birth under the moon with you know <laughs> with everything um as you'd wanted but it's still a big experience there's mm -hmm. still that sense of needing to come back and settle and that settling pieces we often pitch the work but then it's also you know we do want to sometimes make sense of these experiences when we're in that that state sometimes the uh, the whole experience becomes quite fragmented firstly where we might be in very primal space if all the birthing hormones are on our side but also if it's just a bit overwhelming then it can become like um, survival physiology where we're in fight flight freeze mode and the conscious memories don't get laid down so things are just very hazy and kind of floaty and even the memories of what exactly happened can be a little bit um, disconnected and that can give us a an uneasy feeling about what actually happened in there like yeah so it doesn't kind of help us move forward and just that lingering sense of something hasn't just clicked into place I think birth is a little different to other kinds of trauma because we do expect to go into primal space and this this whole brain chemistry thing that plays out and the nervous system you know very primal so there's a lot of overlays happening there but as well as that of course in this day and age there is you said one in three I would say it's actually at the tip of the iceberg that's my my anecdotal sense of course I see people with trauma but the fact that yes it is more highly correlated with intervention but it doesn't mean that every cesarean birth is going to be traumatic either right yeah. in fact they they've found that instrumental as in physiotomy and vacuum extraction more highly correlated with trauma than than certainly than scheduled cesareans which mm. kind of stands to reason mm. anyhow um so it's not what it looks like from the outside it's what it feels like from the inside which is why i find some you know social media groups where there's a lot of comparisonitis about people's trauma there's a tendency to minimize what our experience was and just because it looks from the outside that she over there should have be more scarred from her experience than i am from mine that we kind of want to look normal and not make a fuss and put one foot in front of the other and keep going and the the experience is not just fragmenting it's very isolating when we're in survival physiology it's very hard to reach out and ask for the support that we need it's just how it is you know like our physiology almost hijacks us from having that choice 
So we kind of uh, in this kind of tunnel vision, as I said before, what happens as a result is, um, you know, you may have sleep disturbance, it's this hyperreactivity in your system, or the other end of things um, might mean that we're really not fully there, like we're in this floaty state. And again, allowing you have to take out the layers of sleep deprivation, exhaustion, and, and postnatal depletion, all those things. To me, signs like depression, anxiety, uh, symptoms like that, um, often misdiagnosed as standalone postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety, often they're symptoms of trauma. Really, they are. It's a hypo and hypoarousal, um, and often swinging between the two and the two go together so this dysregulated nervous system unsettled nervous system where we've lost a level of resilience in our ability to cope with more stress is going to play out as birth trauma and um, I mean there are many ways of dealing with that but um, yeah I've got my biases there yeah, I'm not sure that fully answers it. Um, there's a lot more no. to say about it, but yeah. I, I think that's a really good um, yeah, synopsis of it. And it just makes me wonder how many women who have typical healthy baby, healthy mom, maybe low yeah. intervention births, how many of those women have birth trauma but fly under the radar? Because like you said, it's minimized that if you don't have the big capital T cesarean episiotomy vacuum mm. or whatever it is but maybe it was that you weren't what was it safe seen and soothed so yeah. maybe you weren't listened to or maybe you didn't feel safe and maybe you didn't feel heard and yeah I can 100% see how women would just go oh well my baby was healthy I was healthy I had a vaginal birth well I, mm. I don't have trauma what there's a worry about but if I just want to say like all those women just kind of dysregulated but don't feel they have permission to say that maybe they do have birth trauma and I think it's yeah. really good to highlight that you know trauma can look so different it doesn't I think a lot of women don't think trauma is a vaginal birth for example regardless of whether there's yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think some people think a traumatic birth is only a cesarean section I think it's just really cool to break that down and let women know that trauma is unique to you and it doesn't yeah. actually matter what happens on the outside um like you said some people can have c-sections or whatever the intervention is and they can have no trauma because they felt safe seen and soothed and i really like those three s's that's a great way to to have mm -hmm. to think about it so let's say someone has acknowledged that they do think they are processing some trauma after birth mm -hmm. how does that then play out with returning to sex after birth you know obviously we're going to think that there's going to be some difficulties there but what sort of consequences does birth trauma then have on someone's sexuality, how they feel about their pelvic region, how they go returning to sex with a partner? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, you, as you would expect, you know, there would be this reactivity, this tendency to, to be on guard and protecting uh, the body, protecting itself from any intrusions, if you like. Mm. And so there would be that. And it, it's a very primal, unconscious uh, way of responding because that is survival physiology. You know, that is our animal body protecting us. And the more we tense up, the more painful any approach, you know, of any finger, penis, anything, tampon even, or anything we insert um, into parts of our bodies, and of course, scar tissue like a cesarean scar also can trigger a lot of memories of the experience because uh, the memories often in 
traumatic experiences are very held in the body rather than just the conscious memories that you and I think of. So to, to unravel that is firstly just having the understanding around what happened in terms of nervous system and how our survival physiology did its best to protect us, but then kept on overdrive. And so this hyperreactivity, hypervigilance that continues is not their choice and not to be shaming themselves and feeling guilty, which is a natural tendency. But both partners understanding that piece is so important because in isolation, you know, it can just land into the ether on the other side because until that person actually, the partner actually understands what the dynamic is, then um, it's going to be very hard to get the buy-in without blame, shame, and all those things. Because that's the, the it's a very delicate space, as you can imagine, on so many counts. And most partners don't certainly like to be involved in any kind of therapy, but just having some neutral space. And when I work, I often start on online because it feels less threatening than to be dragged in by the birthing person to to therapist's room just for that educational piece so they can then go in and mull over how that's playing out in their lives and then that whole idea of um, gently coming together and using lots of cre creativity in basically you know the maintaining the loving connection but also having their sexual needs met in whatever way that couple feels is okay between them you know, mm, yeah. um, there is no right and wrong, absolutely no right and wrong. As far as I'm concerned in this realm, it's where it's consensual. And yeah, and as I said before, too, sometimes, I mean, even in the birthing experience, our attachment wounds show up. So I work a lot with developmental or early trauma, and that can certainly rise its head in uh, in the birthing experience where everything's rearranging and things we do to hold it all together and clamp down on those feelings and sensations while they come rising to the surface and in that space and there can be a lot of uh, reactivity between the couple sometimes it may be the the non-birthing parent who who's more traumatized because they've witnessed maybe baby being resussed and all those things I should put a disclaimer here that if anyone's triggered by any descriptions to really look after themselves and maybe pause the video if they're watching or, or the audio and find ways to ground I usually start any discussion of trauma in that way that's the gentle way to start and any kind of exploration then you know, there's lots of baby steps to um, start to reconnect, but it may mean for a time taking uh, penetrative sex completely off the agenda because what we want to build is safety and trust. Mm. So if there's, there's no absolute safety and trust where the birthing person can say no and know that that boundary is being honoured 100%, 1,000%, then they cannot have true safety and trust. They might go along, they might say, oh, well, okay, but it's actually a clamping down because they're not okay. Mm. They're not okay with that. And the body knows, the body knows that the, the caring, good wife, who may be even fearful of losing her husband, uh, partner, I should say, uh, their love or their connection or worried about them going elsewhere to get their needs met, all those things come into it sometimes. Mm. And 
you know, we do things that override our body's natural yes and no, just to keep the connection sometimes. That backfires more often than not mm. when we can't be completely honest. It catches up at some level. Yeah, so it has to be very gradual, that re-coming together in ways that maybe approach the kind of sex that they want to be having. But as I said, in the meantime, there's this opportunity to explore whole new ways and and we are really as limited as our imaginations that much I know for a fact. Yeah. So it's such an opportunity to discover ourselves and our bodies in ways we just would not have imagined. That doesn't mean going off to a long um, weekend of, you know, whatever kind of training humor in sexuality. It it's, can be just ever so gentle and loving and rich and lush and who doesn't want that? <laughs> selling it to me. <laughs> just before we wrap up, Nisha, I just wanted to touch lastly on, I know we're talking about the, the woman and the birthing mother because, you know, it, birth is happening to her body and Ooh. so birth trauma can very greatly affect her. But like you touched on just briefly, the partner can sometimes feel birth trauma because they may have witnessed something quite scary or they felt unsafe you know on behalf of their partner or whatever it may yeah. be but um do you see this a lot where partners also suffer birth trauma uh, and if so do you find they often find it hard to talk about because they maybe minimize their trauma because it's not them that was giving birth absolutely you just said it so beautifully <laughs> Um, yeah, they do. Just for the example I used before, uh, where one person's witnessing all that's going on in the birthing space and the interventions and the near misses, if you like, let's just call it that. And the other is kind of maybe oblivious for whatever reasons. Maybe they've been, um, you know, they're um, have well they're just recovering <laughs> they're completely probably stunned and on some level about what's going on and not really that aware so yeah the the partner can very much uh, be the one who witnesses more of what's going on and that sense of helplessness because there's a natural tendency for wanting to help somebody that we love and rescue them in some way that is very primal and natural but they have to thwart it because one part of them the you know, the thinking brain realizes, well, this this is necessary to get to Z. So mm. we have to we have to suppress our natural tendency. And that in itself can cause, you know, like a, a, a real unsettling in the nervous system. But beyond that, as you you indicated, that sense of needing to soldier on, we can't be complaining because they did the birthing and they're the ones who queen bee and they need to be looked after and I can't afford to be in touch with my feelings and of course a lot of people aren't in touch with their feelings or don't give themselves permission to express I can't make a fast um, you know we need to keep putting one foot in front of the other but the reality is their trauma is everyone's trauma just as the birthing person's is or the baby the baby can have trauma being born because they're all in this soup together and if one is affected the ripples are just there and they're all swimming around in it so there's this downward spiral and you know level of um, how settled they are in themselves and whether this pattern continues to pervade the family home 
or whether they start to thrive and they unravel some of this and go in the other direction. Mm. So I very much um, involve if I'm actually doing birth preparation with couples to the extent of asking the partners about their own birth experience if they know about that, their attitude to birth, and also really encouraging them to be well rested and looking after themselves and the whole piece, not just before, very much before approaching birth, but also in the postpartum. Mm. They can't be running ragged, thinking that they can be the sole carer for this mother and baby in the mm. postpartum. It, it's not how it's not how it's meant to be let's just say yeah <laughs> you know? I love that I think that's that's really good that that would definitely speak to a lot of people I think who mm. yeah feel like they they can't feel that but like you're saying it's so important everyone needs to be doing well in that dynamic for everyone to be thriving so mm. you can't just have one person you know really suffering to try and prop someone else up it just doesn't work does it we need to have no. that whole family dynamic working oh, yeah. I could talk to you all day. I feel like I've only just scratched the surface of so many things, but we'll wrap it up there, Nisha. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I just know that this will be really, really valuable conversation starters, like really sowing some seeds for women to start thinking about what sex could look like after birth. And I just think that's so important preparatory work to mm. do during pregnancy so that women can have these really wonderful postpartum experiences. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for the invitation. And I really welcome any questions, any dialogue from your listeners as well at any point, because I love, you know, just being there and um, responding to real needs. So yeah, thank you again. Laura. Thank you, Nisha. <laughs> Hi, ladies. I really, really hope that if you needed to hear this podcast today, that it really did land on you like it landed on me when I listened to it from Nisha. There's so many nuggets of gold in there that I went, oh, like specifically the ones around how it's not what it looks like on the outside, it's how it feels on the inside. That was like a really big light bulb moment for me because I thought in the past that trauma had to look like x y and z on paper and now I realize that you can't judge anyone's trauma because trauma is an internal unique personal experience so just because you had a I don't know water birth with fairy lights around you that doesn't mean that that wasn't a traumatic experience that could have still held some sort of trauma for you and vice versa you could have had an intense you know, rushing emergency C-section and it may have been the most beautiful experience free from any trauma. So it doesn't have to look classically on paper what we think is trauma and what is not trauma. Again, it's so nice to know that no, trauma is internal. It does not matter what it looks like on the outside. And I think that's really important as we touched on this episode about how partner trauma is also really important to be acknowledged and to help partners integrate their emotions because that's what trauma is. I think trauma... People think big, heavy things, but trauma, thinking about it, like Nisha said, is just a lack of integration for your emotions is so important. And I know I've worked through a lot of this just in parenting awareness and just a lot of the podcasts and books and things I've read on parenting. It's just about helping our little ones process their emotions because otherwise it can get stuck in their bodies and then they're not feeling it properly. And I know that so, so much of my parenting is about helping my 
kids process their emotions and we need to do that as adults too. So I love this topic and Nisha just articulates it so beautifully. So I really hope you resonated with it. Come and chat to me at Physio Laura on my socials and let me know what you got out of today's podcast. I'd really love to hear from you and to know whether it helped you as well and maybe what nuggets of gold you got from this episode. And if you want to check out Nisha and connect with her, she is over at feminine underscore instincts. You can definitely check her out. She is a wealth of knowledge. She has so many beautiful pieces of content that I think you're going to love. Thank you so much for being here for this amazing sex podcast series. It has been such a joy to bring these series to you. There are so many more amazing series lined up for this year. So make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss out. And just a reminder that if you want to get these episodes straight up, rather than waiting for them to be released to the public, I release all of the episodes at the first episode drop to my Pregnancy Posse members. So rather than waiting five weeks to get all the episodes, you can consume them all at once inside my online membership. Plus, whenever we have any bonus tracks or videos or audio for this episode, for this series, sorry, we have that 30-minute audio track all about embodiment, settling, regulating our nervous system from Nisha. It's amazing. All my Pregnancy Posse members get access to that. And obviously, you get access to me. I answer all of your burning questions. I send videos when you signed up. I do Q&As every week. I educate you on all sorts of birth preparation, active birth, managing pelvic pain, managing back pain, you know, how to prepare your mind and body for birth, how to manage root pain, what compression garments to wear. All of the questions are inside my online membership. Plus we do weekly workouts. So I really hope that if that sounds appealing to you, that you'll come and join us over at thatpregnancyposse.com. Otherwise, mamas, wherever you are today, I really hope that you are looking after you and I will catch you soon for our next podcast series. Mwah. Thank you.